just bought a lot of music. And uh, I think the boys, that would be fair to say, that, that Phil and Grant, who play the guitar, right. they didn't pick, pick the musical instrument up until a bit later on. Phil, of course, picked up the um, piano. But the guitars were played sort of a little bit later on in life. Yep. And um, I think it was, well, this is what I put it down to, there was a lot of looking and listening. Yes. And, and just subconsciously picking up all the little nuances that, that music has through Uncle Cedric and Mum and, and Auntie Monica. And, and, yeah, we just listened to it from a very early age. And, and you know, Mum's friends and family have all had a great love of music and, and we sort of picked it up from that, yeah. Fantastic. So now Phil's the eldest. Is Phil the eldest of the brothers or, or is it somebody that's right, else? Yeah, that's right. Yep. yep. Okay. We got to Exactly. 
I just thought to myself, I'm going to have to do the right thing. And I mean, you guys were just having fun, you know. And it, it seemed like 10 o'clock curfew and, and, and no noise. And, and I was laying in there and, and, and it was 11 o'clock and then it got near 12 and I thought, oh, crikey, I mean, I've got to get to sleep. And I needed a 6 a.m. A 6 a.m. wake-up call. We were heading out to Larue the next day. And, and I, I was just about to come out and I, and, and I looked at you guys and I thought, this this could be. I turned to the turned to the partner and said, "You know what? This could be the last time you're going to see me. These boys are going to they're going to tear me apart and throw me behind the tree somewhere. You know." So I very I very yeah I very very sheepishly walked up to walked up to Jethro. I know Jethro. I said Josh, and I said, "Yeah, I'm not the fun police here, man, but." You know, you, 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 the people here might be trying to sleep, and I guess he respected the fact that I didn't just come over and start yelling and carrying on. But then I wanted to find out that incredible voice because when I first heard you singing, I was only 19. I actually thought to myself, Crikey's, we, we've got red gum out there. That, that was one thing that really... Well, that was the thing, you see, because you know, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, Crikey, here we go, karaoke, no backing tracks, they're drunk as skunks, they're going to be singing at the moon. But when I heard you sing, my man, I thought, no way, this guy can sing. And I actually thought... I had somebody from Red Gum out there, so I went out there and I saw you blokes, and the rest was history. I mean, yeah, Murray, was history, yeah, you were just so inviting and, and, and so warm, you know, and we had a few drinks and we were just talking music, and when we ran out of alcohol, you kind of wandered off to wherever you were staying, and I thought, geez, I didn't even give those boys a card or anything. I gave one to Josh, and I don't even thought I was fed income because he rang, he rang me up at some ungodly hour, I think, to see if that number I gave him was a fair income number. <laughs> 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 I thought, oh, actually, yeah, Matthew slashed um, that to mate. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't be nice, but you, again, you couldn't have been nice the way you handled all that, and we, we really appreciate that, mate. And, and that only 19, that's one of the, the staple covers that we, we always perform when we, whenever we do a show. Yep. And um, it really goes down well. It was, it was nice to see, and I think it was, actually, I'm sure it was in Mount Isa. Yes. We played there, and, and there was a guy who was there from when we sat when we set the gear up, so before we set up the gear. Right. And I think we, we you know, it took an hour to set the gear up, have a few drinks and, and tin wag and whatever. And I think um, Only 19 was the second song on the set list. Yes. And he just started crying uncontrollably in front of us. He was sitting on his own the entire time. Yep. Now, I don't know if he was a return serviceman. Right. Or what the guy was, but something touched him very deeply when we sang this song, and, and it's quite normal, um, you know, let alone with John Sherman singing. If, it, if it's sung quite well, that song has a very deep resonance with Australians, I think. Of course, yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget that moment where he, and he had to actually get up and he, and he left. He left in tears. It really touched him very deeply. Wow. And this is the power of music, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, so, absolutely. We, we can sit there singing it. Yeah. But the people listening to it, they take on a whole new meaning for, for some people. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I look, I I wished you'd 
perform that night because there was a local guy that, had, that did sing that night and he was a one-man act and I actually took his card because I was very impressed with him and I'm going to talk to him in, in the next few weeks. Um, yeah. But I wanted to talk to you boys first and, and I've got this album here called Steady and Strong. There's about six, I think there's about six songs just looking at it that you boys have written yourself. Who's the main songwriter in the band? Is it Phil? I noticed Phil wrote Crossroads, which is honestly one of my most favourites on this particular album. It's a brilliant song. But what's that all about, Phil, to you? What, how did it come about? It's actually a song that uh, my wife had some in- input on this, actually. She wrote a lot of the lyrics in yeah. the song. Yes. My wife, Marie. Mm-hmm. Give a shout-out to her. Okay. Yep, yep. Can I get Marie? Does she, does she get the royalties? Who gets the money out of this? Is this like... <laughs> The mistress of coin, she takes over she takes over your royalty soon or what? <laughs> She's still waiting. Okay, all right. Well we'll see what we can do. <laughs> no, that, that song's got quite a bit of age on it actually. Wrote it in the late nineties and oh, really? you know, always wanted to record it, but yep. never quite got around to it. Mm-hmm. It took about twenty years for us to record it. Wow. And it just worked a treat. Like we had so much fun recording it. We had our young nephew, another nephew, yep. Reese. Yes. That's Matt, Matt young fella. Uh-huh. He, was, he played the guitar, the electric guitar on it. Yes, yes. And it's actually, I've seen it on YouTube. There's, a, there's an actual clip of, for anybody that wants to look at these boys, okay? They, they, they're, they're quite handsome as long as they have a, a bit of a shave. I mean, one of the night I met them. They wear the same, mate. I'm the only one that unshaved them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the thing is, that night, it, 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 no, it looked pretty scary. But, no, look, on the clip, on the clip, because um, I've looked at the Crossroads clip, you can see it on YouTube, so you can see all you boys singing it, performing it. Um, it's 20 years. Years. I can't believe what 20 years before you made an album. Well, yeah, we did a did the six song EP uh, in about 2012, I think it was. Yep. Um, but yeah, this was our first full album, and yeah, we got most mostly originals on there. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. It is mostly originals. I've got the six a six song EP here, and there's a lot of covers on there. But other than um, Trish's song, I think, which I played today as well, that's uh, that's quite yeah. a big song as well. I mean, you boys are not hillbillies, I've got to tell you. You've got some good writing skill happening. Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot Grant wrote that. Yes, I see that. Yeah, Grant. Grant wrote that one. Grant wrote that song, yeah. When he was a 20-year-old young man, too, and he's actually, what is he, 50 now, Grant? So that was Crikey. a 30-year-old song as well. Crikey's. And the first true love of his life. And, you know, for a 20-year-old to write a song like that, that's exactly right. I mean, well, Murray was telling me about that song when he handed me the EP in the dark, and I wasn't sure what he was trying to hand him out. Thinking, no, I'm not into drugs, boys. And I was looking at the Hell's Angels, <laughs> looking at the Hell's Angels type character. Back in the seventies, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Goodness me. I knew this was going to be a great fun chat. I, I knew it was going to be. <laughs> music, music is a drug of sorts. It is a drug. It is a drug. And, and it, for, for the right music, it, it brings out the right the right sort of uh, temperament in people. And, of course, they say music sees the savage beast. But if you play the wrong sort of stuff, it can also bring out a nastiness in people. I'm very happy to say that everything I've heard of yours is, is, is really good listening. It's good, easy listening. There's beautiful lyrics in there. And uh, you know, it's certainly not going to turn anybody into a crazy person, you know what I mean? No, well, that's what it says on the business card, mate. It's easy listening music mm. for all ages, you know. 
because there's obviously because you've you've only got a handful of orig- uh, of original material, so you'd be doing a lot of covers too, I imagine. So who are the sort of artists that you would perform, or who, which of these artists that inspired you? Is, would it be John Denver, for example, or John Williamson, or, or, or yeah, 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 yeah. I 
was going to talk to you about that. Now, when COVID's sort of done and dusted and we can start travelling and doing stuff again, because you guys obviously aren't um, doing... Are you doing performances in the local town or what's happening with you guys at the moment performance-wise? We've had a bit of a hiatus there, yep. most of recently. Yes. yes. But we, we didn't have a lot of gigs booked in at this time anyway. Okay. There's, there's one that had to be postponed to, to October. Right. Um, and then we've got a couple more coming up end of the year and a couple booked in for next year. Okay. So there's, there's not a lot on the program. Okay. Okay, I understand because I mean I'm talking to I'm talking to artists every single day who that's what they do for a living. I mean you boys have other jobs and, and it sounds to me like you're doing this more for fun than than to raise a lot of money for yourself. But there are people who do it as as their life you know, their bread and butter. That's the only way they can make a crust. And these guys can't perform anywhere. So with the power of the internet they're doing what they call ISO gigs, you know, which is isolation and they're doing it and streaming it and, and hoping to get people to watch the stream and, and donate or, or buy tickets. Some of them Major acts are, uh, you know, you can you can pay via PayPal and watch a concert in someone's studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what I think I, that's a great thing to do. Yeah. Oh, look, people are still still busting to sing music and get out there, and they're missing it like crazy. And mm. you know, they're not make, not making it quit either. So they've got to express it somehow. And I think those also gives them fantastic, you know. Well, they are, and a lot of them are just doing it because they want to keep their vocal skills still up and they want to keep their playing skills yeah, still yeah. up and they're doing it for free that's or right. doing it for the love of the music. And some of, them are, yeah, some of them are doing it a bit tougher than others and they're hoping to get some sort of donations. And the bigger artists, of course, are saying, well, if you want to buy a ticket, you can buy a ticket and then they'll give you a link to the stream, you know what I mean? But yeah, with yeah. you guys, what I'd like to do with you guys, when you guys are performing again, I want to come up there, and I'm like, I'm going to talk to the station people about maybe coming up there and doing a doing a, a like a live gig and broadcasting it because I I do go to festivals and stuff like that, but um and we do like stream festivals via the radio station. So I'm going to talk to the program manager this evening, and um, you know if if you guys might be interested when you guys are back back to gigging properly with a with a good room of people, there's a lot of yelling and cheering and clapping going on in the background. I might pop myself up there because, you, you know, you're not that far away. Gloucester's only a few hours out of Sydney and come up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, come up there and, and bring a mixer and just hook into your sound desk and um, and we can do a live feed into Sydney and into, and into you know, the, the vast network and the internet and, you know, just to, just for a bit of fun and give you guys a bit more exposure. We'd be thrilled with that. Sounds awesome, mate. We'd be thrilled, mate. Well, be more than welcome, Phil, at any time, and we'll, we'll make sure we line that up. That would be fantastic. Absolutely, we'll line that up. Now, I, just one thing, if you're going to need to find yourself another brother, because your brother from another mother has apparently left the band, is that right, or what's going on there? Yeah, yeah we, we've, um, and you'll see Daryl on the cover of this. Yes, I there. did, I do, I do, yes. He, he features, features heavily in the album, actually. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a real talent. Yep. On the drums, and he also played keyboards on that album. Yep. He's classically trained. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we just had a little bit of, bit of a falling out there last year, and oh. things didn't quite work out. So no good, no good. 
but it happens to the best, to the biggest and best bands. In fact, the biggest and best bands are usually the ones that go through more musicians and singers than one. I was, I was talking to Glenn Chorick last week from Little River Band, and he got sacked out of out of the Little River Band, and they they put John Farnham as the front man. I was talking to Glenn off the air, and he said a lot of personality problems in that band. It wasn't long before John left the band, so. It, <laughs> it's it's no it's no disgrace to to you know have a personality difference or a different musical direction for somebody to want to leave the band and go on their own in their own direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that happens all the time. It's not going to have a positive too. You know, we had ten years with Daryl and, and yeah. ten great years of got that family live um, live performances. So you know. That's 10 years of, of gold, mate. We, we had the greatest of time with him and, you know, we're still good mates with him. There's no, nothing bad about it. It's just the way things work sometimes. So. Yeah. He's, there, he, he's there for all time on the Steady and Strong album and, yeah, we're very grateful for his talents always. Yeah, fantastic yeah. stuff. Fantastic career. So have you got any more sort of music in the pipeline? It's not going to take us 20 years to get more music out of you, lads, is it? <laughs> No, I hope not either. Once we break the duck, mate, we were, we were going on just to score a lot more runs. So hopefully, it's um, yeah, it's not not too far away before we do something similar. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit difficult, and that we've all got full time job. We've, we've we've got families. Yes. And we've also got distance between us as well because yeah. we're in town, so we're two hours away. Yes. And, and that just makes it little bit harder to get together and actually learn new stuff. Yep. Yeah, well, you, you might have to just send him the music and, and murray the lyrics and do like a Bernie yeah. Chalk and Elton John and you learn this bit and you learn that bit. When you've all done your private rehearsing, you know, we'll all get together and we'll get in the studio and we'll, and we'll record it. But if you can't get together to just to jam it out, you know what I mean? Not when there's that much distance between you guys. Uh, I can't remember if it was Grant or Phil said... One of them mentioned, you know, physically, with the guys professional, it might take the fun out of it for us. Yeah. It's, it really is just a hobby that we share with as a passion. Yes. So, you know, when the timing's right, the timing will be right. When, you know, we're not going to sell a million records. We're just four brothers who love having a crack in time, mm-hmm. you know, singing around a campfire, basically. And, and it'll happen again when the timing's right. But we sort of do have to push ourselves because we're a bit laconic by nature, the four of us. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it's such a, such a change for them that they, that's what they feed on. 
That's exactly right, you know, and the thing is, I mean, I know um, Kevin Boric, for example, from the Ladidas fame, I was chatting to him a couple of weeks ago, he was one of the guests on my program, he's actually doing a concert uh, up where he lives in a, in a driving so you can listen, you can put your car in a driving movie theater. Yeah, so they're going to project, they're going to project, they're going to set the stage up, and they're also going to project him onto the movie screen, and you get to listen to him, you know, through your stereo in your car, or if you just want to wind the windows down and get the ambient sound, because Kev's, Kev's pretty loud, they'll hear him ten miles away. You know, <laughs> but it's the only way they can do a gig, you know. So to do it in, a, I mean, you can't get much more isolated than sitting in a car next to your girl girlfriend and then just watching, watching the concert, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, well, there are certainly strange times we're living in. Terrible times, mate, and I, I just hope that they sort it all out. They've, they've got all these problems now that have flared up back down in Victoria, and Victoria's sort of on the cusp of having this massive um, sort of pandemic and will take over again, and it's just it's terrible, yeah. and there's, there's, there's cases everywhere. So we can only be diligent and look out for each other and, and try to do the right thing, and and, and that's all we can do. normal feels like, I think, Oh look, this is this could become the new normal. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I, I, you know, I'd much rather shake your hand and give you a brother hug, you know, and pat you on the back rather than bump elbows. I mean, but what do we do? We have to. Just... I'm a team, mate. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> mate. You are a champion, Murray. I'm definitely. I'm going to come up and um, when this is all done and dusted, we're going to work something out for sure. And I'm going to come up there and I'll and I'll bring some gear up there and we'll we'll organise a, a stream into into Sydney and into wherever and. Um, yeah, oh, not just for your locals, but we'll turn it into a real party night for, for your listeners. Speaking of which, mate, I've been getting lots of messages. There's a whole bunch of people. You heard me mention Party Central before. Party Central yeah. want you to send a big cheerio out to the, 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 main, the main ringleaders. There's Chris, Mark, Amanda and Julie. They say, can you send them a big, big uh, cheerio? <laughs> well, Chris, Mark, Amanda and Julie, Phil and I have got a beer in our hands. So we just, if you listen very carefully, we're going to kick our glasses. Are you going to hear this? We did. That's for you guys. That's a party central. Fantastic stuff, my man. Fantastic stuff. We love you. Thank you for listening to Oh, look, they, 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 they are absolutely blown away by you. And they just said, because I did say, you know, we've got some new people on next week. Maybe you've probably heard a great deal about them. And it's on my, if you go to my website, you'll see there's a blurb there about you boys. We've got the album cover posted on there. A couple of your songs posted on there. And, you know, people are going, I've never heard of them. Who are they? And I said, well, you're going to have to wait till next week and you're going to find out in the big way, you know. So, mate, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure for me, guys, and we are going to do something. Please stay in touch. And uh, I'm going to go out with a Gloucester song. Do you want to give us just a quick a quick rap about the Gloucester song, what, what's, what it means to you and who wrote it and so on and so forth? Yeah, mate, we've got to give a shout-out to a local guy here in Gloucester by the name of Brian Beasley. He's a local Rotary guy that's, that's sort of sparked a lot of that, the, the, the trip out of the centre, and he, he also sparked this song. He, he's pretty good, pretty good mates with Mike McClellan, who's a, a, a iconic Australian songwriter. Songwriter, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, song and dance man. Uh, so Mike... Mike got on board and um, wrote the music for this song, and we we helped him write the lyrics. Yes, so it was a bit of a, 